the shot. Welcome to Who Kicked the Corner Flag, Kansas City's Premier League game show podcast, coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and today I'm joined with the leader of the KC Spurs fan group, the man who plants fake snakes on people's belts to think they're being chased, and who thinks Aubameyang needs to work on his ball skills. Ouch. It's Jared Bustamante. How are you, bud? I am fantastic after this weekend. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm quite well myself. Uh, from the red side of the bar, he's the chairman of the Arsenal Casey fan group. The man who's still recovering from his weekend of sports and who thinks Harry Kane needs to be transferred to Spain already. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? Uh, you know, after Jose Mourinho's loss this morning, I'm feeling a hell of a lot better than I was on Saturday afternoon. Hey, we'll take that. I think we all are. That was uh, maybe one on the list. We'll see. Uh, but yes, we are starting off again with the top four. Boyce is up first. So, Boyce, out of all of the fixtures this weekend, would you happen to know which made the top four? I'm going to take a shot in the dark and assume that my undying misery from the North London Derby was the number one spot this weekend. Uh, Let me check. Uh, Yes, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) What a surprise! Uh, What a surprise. Uh, That made, of course, the number one spot. That gives you the four points. Um, Harry Kane once again making the difference as Tottenham paint North London white. Boyce, do you think it was a fair result? Without question. I mean, I actually think that 1-0 was probably an unfair result to Tottenham. I I think after the first half in which I I think both sides probably went into the locker room thinking that they felt pretty good about a 0-0 draw at that point. Harry Kane had missed... A pretty open header, but I think in the end that both sides were probably happy at the nil-nil draw. It was entertaining to me that Pochettino apparently decided that he would implement a new strategy, and Wenger thought, cool, let's just keep doing what we were doing, uh, irrespective of whether or not it continued to work. I I think in the second half, Tottenham just demonstrated that they had the tactics right from the beginning, and Harry Kane spurned more shots than he actually made. But the reality was that I think a 1-0 scoreline was pretty flattering towards Arsenal in the end. And I think that Arsenal, oddly enough, when you consider the extra time post-90th minute in the second half, could probably consider themselves hard done to a certain extent that Lacazette had two crystal clear chances to be able to put this game in a draw fashion and spurned both of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the from an Arsenal standpoint, the most difficult discussion is which one of those... Lacazette misses was worse and it's strange to think that the second one I actually think was a harder finish at a bigger tempo than the first one Mm. but I do think that the reality is that was actually a really great cross from Bellerin that resulted in the first opportunity for Lacazette and he hit it into the stratosphere and I think the reality is that when you take your 55 million pound signing and you bench him and then you replace him with another guy, and you stick him in for the last 15 minutes of a match, who really knows what's going to happen? And I think Lacazette definitely showed some signs of rustiness, to say the least. But I think even at that, a 1-1 draw would have been completely undeserved for an Arsenal squad that went to absolute sleep during the second half of that match. I think Laurent Koscielny 
as great as he has been and as much of an icon as he has been for the Arsenal defense over the last six to seven years, he just got beat mm-hmm. in every capacity. I mean, and I think we've all talked about this in the past, and I think it's really, really easy to be able to pin this on Mustafi and Kachelny, but I, I think the reality remains that when you look at it, the wilshire Jaka midfield for Arsenal was overrun the entire time. And, you know, there have been discussions amongst the Arsenal crowd about whether or not Aubameyang would resolve the issues that Lacazette had purportedly had prior to his arrival. And I think the reality that you saw on Saturday was that Lacazette's problems weren't an, a Lacazette issue. They're a tactical issue. And Aubameyang barely got a touch of the ball that he was in for all 90 minutes. And nothing happened offensively for Arsenal, irrespective of those final four minutes that were created by some sort of necessity over the course of time. It's just another example where, unfortunately, Wenger got outclassed in the second half, and his response was to send everybody on, cross his fingers, and hope for the best. And at this point, it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Wenger in a... Uh, Jared, despite just a single-goal victory for Spurs... Uh, would you argue it was a dominant performance all round, kind of echoing Boyce's point? Uh, I think in the uh, in the first half was definitely a little, little more level. Uh, and actually, there was a, um, coming into the second half, uh, it was just a masterful midfield performance by Moussa Dembele. I mean, he just was the marshal in the center of the pitch. And um, I actually was wanting to see a little more from Christian Eriksen actually in, in the first half and uh, really uh, weird little funny soft helmet off to Petr Cech. I mean, he kept that Arsenal squad in the match mm-hmm. uh, that, that save off of the Eriksen free kick. Uh, wow. Um, that absolutely incredible uh, and, and great, great performance by him. Uh, I agree. It was really the midfield uh, that really kind of won the day for Spurs. Uh, but again, I mean, I can't even, you know, watch the highlight of Lacazette in uh, into goal because uh, mm-hmm. every time I see it, I think it maybe it'll change and it'll actually go in heart in my throat <laughs> uh, in true Arsenal fashion to some kind of you know kind of pull one back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's there's so much individual talent on that team. I mean, but for uh, you could argue maybe a uh, uh, a blown offside call in the first half with Obama Yang. Uh, I freely admit, I, I I think he was actually in and. Uh, you know, if, if Aubameyang gets in and they nick an early goal, uh, you know, maybe that does change things tactically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pochettino has been known to, you know, kind of uh, react uh, uh, with almost some puzzling uh, substitutions. Uh, but the uh, introduction and subsequent yellow card of Eric Lamella, uh, who is now written down in, in Spurs lore, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, getting the goal beginning of the second half, you know, a little more freewheeling. And you saw you saw real confidence and swagger from Spurs. But but again, you know, I kind of agree tactically. I wonder what Wenger is thinking because there is just too much talent on that Arsenal squad uh, mm-hmm. uh, for not to be focused. Mm-hmm. Not to be utilised. Well, uh, I agree with all those points. And uh, thank God Spurs didn't do any kind of diving of the sort from this game. <laughs> uh... Alright, let's continue on then to the next one, which is uh, Jared's turn. So you've got second, third, and fourth still to guess. So what do you think? I'm going to go with Newcastle United's 1-0 victory this morning over uh, Manchester United. That absolutely would be correct, yes. And that was in second spot this time round, so that'll get you the three points. Yes, Newcastle shock results. Jose Mourinho 
stunned once again at Sel- uh, not Selhurst Park, at St. James's Park. There we go. Uh, and he's never actually won there, which to me is just somewhat baffling. So, Jared, is it a curse against Mourinho, or are we looking at another Man United lacklustre performance? I think it might be the latter. I mean, it was kind of confusing, though. We talked a lot about this podcast about kind of the different tactics of Mourinho and how stubborn he is. Uh, but this was not a bunkered-down United squad at all um uh one man who will not sleep tonight is anthony martial um and just the fact that he did not i mean he could have had a hat trick on his own today and i i just i don't (laughs) i don't understand how he didn't score Mm -hmm. against a i believe he was the last deadline day signing for newcastle a a goalkeeper his name i can't even remember right now but i know he came from sparta prague and played out of his mind today i believe Uh, it's martin dubrovka thank you you. i will uh, (laughs) thank you boys uh but just out of his mind just reflex saves great uh you know instinctual saves uh and and kept them in that. Uh, mm. I, I think the big headline, though, here is the yanking of Paul Pogba. That, first of all, speaking of diving, a smalling simulation that led to a yellow card and a free kick. And then Paul Pogba deciding just simply to not mark anybody, allowing that cushion header across the box to a wide open Matt Ritchie with a cool finish. Uh, and all they had to do was weather the storm, and they did it. So you can't say Mourinho didn't do anything in mm-hmm. yanking Pogba off, but uh, I, I, you might just say that he is snake bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for Newcastle, this is their first win, believe it or not, at St. James's Park since October of 2017, so since that time. Boyce, what do you think gave Newcastle the edge, if anything, or do you think it was more down to just United's performance in general? I think United was propagate in front of goal. I mean, you look at that Alexis Sanchez chance where a ball falls to him and he's got no one in front of the goal and he decides to do some ball tricks for a little while and then kick the ball into the back of a Newcastle defender out of bounds. It's one of those situations where I think not only does Martial have himself to blame for this, but Alexis Sanchez does as well. And not to mention Jose Mourinho, who has squandered a Manchester United squad that has an incomparable amount of talent that is now 16 points out of first first place and six points out of fifth. And the reality of the situation for the season is, with Manchester United, I wouldn't be surprised for them to fall out of the top four. And it's interesting for Newcastle United because I think the reality is they went from 18th place to 13th place with this three points, which just shows just how congested the bottom of the table is right. mm-hmm. and Papa Benitez now has his team comparably safe in a league where no one is safe it's just it's mind-boggling to watch Jose Mourinho absolutely blow the lineups for Manchester United on a weekly basis they've been performing outperforming XG for basically the entire season mm-hmm. and I think it's one of those situations where you're finally seeing their problems come home to roost and it's a combination of sort of unfortunate player performances coupled with managerial indiscretions that are somewhat shocking. Mm. I mean, Jesse Mourinho isn't doing Paul Pogba any good by yanking him out of the match. And, new, you know, I mean, credit to Matt Ritchie for what was a phenomenal finish. And the thing is, if you look at that on replay over and over again, you see how close that David De Gea almost got to that ball in right. the end. Yeah. Demonstrates that the one person who has been a hero for that squad throughout the entire season, almost saved them again. 
you know, without David De Gea, this Manchester United squad's probably 10 points down in the table. Mm-hmm. And Jose Mourinho has somehow contrived a, fin- a way to put Manchester United in a position where I would not be shocked if they do not finish out of the top four. They've got a rough final road to hoe. They have player dissension within the ranks where they're now paying Alexis Sanchez almost half a million pounds per week. And Paul Pogba is already agitating. Nobody in that squad's likable. Their defense was already a shambles. I just think that there's a host of problems there. And what happens if they fall out of the top four? Uh, Right, so let's swiftly move on then. Uh, Boyce, we're back to you. We have third and fourth spot still to guess. What do you think? I'm going to go with Sergio Aguero's masterclass four-goal performance against Leicester. You would be absolutely correct, yes. And that gets third spot, so that'll get you the two points. Man City putting five past Leicester City in the end, thanks to a hat-trick plus one from Sergio Aguero. Manchester City have now won 23 of their 27 Premier League games so far this season as many as they had in the entirety of their 2016-17 campaign. So, Boyce, my question to you right off the bat, when will City be crowned champions? You know, just because of my agitation towards Jose Mourinho, I truly hope it's against Manchester United. (laughs) At this point, there are 11 matches left in the campaign, and Manchester City are 16 points up in need of 17 points to clinch. With United being two points up on Liverpool in third and hemorrhaging points, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And I certainly think it's going to happen before April. Mm-hmm. I, you look at those Sergio Aguero goals, the first one's a tap-in, and you think, uh, you know, a matter of being in the right place in the right time. The second one is incredible positioning. The third one is incredible pressing. And the fourth one is a master class in scoring. Sergio Aguero is an incomparable player in the Premier League, and it's amazing in a roster that is just absolutely stacked with talent that he continues to demonstrate his worth. Mm-hmm. But each of those goals deserves a standing ovation. It, it just really is amazing how great he is and how incredible of a scorer he is this year on a team that doesn't seem like it's going to lose any matches anytime soon. And the crazy thing is, as an Arsenal fan... You're talking about playing them in the League Cup final on the 25th, which is a Sunday, at Wembley, and then turning around and playing them at home that following Thursday, which is March 1st. Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) That's ridiculous. The idea that Arsenal could beat Manchester City once is almost borderline insane. The idea that they could do it twice in a week, there's just no way. This squad is incredible. It's filled with impressive players. And I honestly think I, I would have predicted at the beginning of the season that Manchester City was going to finish a solid 20 points above every team. And there's with 11 matches left, there's absolutely nothing that makes me think that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Jared, in this game, Vardy gave the Foxes a chance of hope and perhaps momentum. But then how did City kick on, apart from obviously Aguero's brilliance? But how did Leicester kind of lose that defensiveness to their game? Like, what was what was obviously the deal with that? I think once you once you get caught up trying to chase City around the pitch, uh, it's over. I mean, you saw Christian Fuchs had some great moves early on in that game to kind of bail out a Leicester defense that was really, uh, uh, you know, you could tell that they were just trying to keep trying to keep City in front of them. But the problem is, they're just they're so incisive. I don't know how you do that. Um, and hats off to Jamie Vardy. I mean, that was a goal of individual effort. I mean, there, there were five or six uh, Manchester City uh, shirts around him when he scored that goal. So 
well done. Pulled one back and got back in. But eventually, you give De Bruyne a time on the ball, you're going to pay for it. Um, and then you look at Aguero's goals uh, in, in his post-match. Uh, they asked him which one was his favorite. Uh, and he said, well, the last one, because, uh, you know, I'm not really used to scoring from outside the box. And that is just, that is a guy who just knew no fear uh, and just, yeah, I'm going to shoot from here. And well, of course he scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I think that it was, you know, an example of how quickly things can get out of hand against this city squad. Mm-hmm. Because Lester, I mean, they, they had the game plan. It worked for the first half and then quickly fell apart. Mm-hmm. And by, by the time it's uh, beginning to unravel, it's uh, it's too late. Uh, right, let's uh, let's move on then to our last one. We've just got fourth spot still to guess. So, Jared, what do you think? Uh, I am going to pick on Stoke. The <laughs> missed penalty at the end of time to draw 1-1 with Brighton. As much as I'd love it to be in this, uh, it sadly is uh, not. No, it did not make the list. So, Boyce, we swing back to you. What do you think? So, as per usual, I'm down to two matches. I don't think that Liverpool's victory today against Southampton was really all that impressive. So, let's go with Swansea against Burnley 1-0. Not on the list either. No. I'm going to give. Uh, I'm going to swing it back to Jared for one more shot. Um, see if you can get it. Hmm. Oh, I know. Uh, Huddersfield beating an informed Bournemouth squad 4-1. That'll do it. Yep, that was the one. Huddersfield Beer Factory put Bournemouth to the sword. Final score, as you mentioned, is... Four to one. Uh, I haven't spoken much about Huddersfield recently, but here's a fun stat about them: they scored more goals against the Cherries today than they did in their last eight Premier League games combined. Uh, <laughs> who would have thought? Good grief! Yeah, grief. Yes, that's right. Um, so, with the way they played, Jared, can they produce similar performances, or was that clearly just a one-off from them? Uh, they, you know, Huddersfield had a quick start to the season, if I'm remembering correctly, and you know, I think. The goal, if the goal is to stay up, then, uh, you know, this is useful. Uh, and especially, I mean, that cherry squad uh, was was cruising. I, I, I think, you know, they um, picking up points left and right. And I believe they were eighth, seventh or eighth coming into this match. Pretty high up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, so hats off to them. Uh, you know, you got a home crowd. Uh, and obviously, as you mentioned, a squad that is thirsting for goals. And um, I'm sure uh, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart is uh, uh, uh no, enjoying a celebratory <laughs> glass of wine, uh, but beer. <laughs> uh, wine, beer, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, the whether or not, uh, I mean, th- this puts Huddersfield what seventeenth, uh, and you know, just one point clear of mm-hmm. uh, uh, of, of relegation. They need it. Uh, they certain. I mean, this means more for Huddersfield than it does for Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth. Uh, uh, you know, I say that they're sitting tenth at thirty-one points. So. It's just it, it is point grabbing time. So really, it's not a question of if it's it, it's must. Huddersfield must gain points, and this is a great uh, step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, the Cherries were unbeaten, as as Jared pointed out, in their last eight Premier League fixtures. Not forgetting, of course, their victories against Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, was it just a bad day for them? You know, Eddie Howe gets a lot of credit from everyone on this podcast, and I, I certainly think he deserves it. But, you know, interspersed in that sort of Premier League run was a 3-0 away loss to Wigan. It's a situation where I, I think this team was never going to be in a situation where it was going to continue its undefeated form for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Despite the wins against Arsenal and the wins against Chelsea, it's a situation where it's a squad that has a host of flaws. 
there's not a lot of finishing on that squad. They're still maintaining a negative 10 goal differential. It's a situation where they're a dangerous team on their day, but I think as demonstrated this weekend, they're also a team that's fully capable of dropping points on any other given day. Right. And Premier League this year, outside of Manchester City, who are basically a team full of aliens, uh, is a team <laughs> where it's legitimately a league where... Anybody can get beat by anybody else on a daily basis, and I think this weekend demonstrated that. I don't. Looking at the table right now for the 19 teams that aren't named Manchester City, you know, you can't tell me on a day-to-day basis that any team can't lose to any team. Mm-hmm. And I think this particular juncture plays itself out to be true. But as Jared was stating, I mean, AFC Bournemouth's in 10th place, which is only five points out of the drop. And while I have no faith in Stoke City or West Brom, you're talking about a Southampton team that is infinitely capable of getting itself out of the relegation zone. A Swansea team that's resurgent. Crystal Palace, who's performed throughout the year. A Huddersfield town that just put four past Bournemouth and potentially like put a couple goals past anybody. You can't argue that they're even safe. Mm-hmm. And they're in, any team that's not in sixth or above is in danger of the drop. We're living in a system right now where Manchester United are 36 points off the drop and only 16 points from the top. It's a situation where the margins are just ridiculous. I can't tell you who's going to finish in the relegation zone. I honestly can't. I mean, there's an argument for literally every team 7th through Stoke. Stoke. Jared, stop repeating my dreams into the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Reading his mind. and West Brom both go down. Even Arsenal not finishing in the top four will be enough to, for me to throw a block party throughout the streets. Good for <laughs> bag of rubbish for both of those teams, all of their ex-managers, and all of their fans. Let's swiftly move on uh, to section two, which I like to call Derby Day Identity. Uh, now, in the spirit of the recent excitement, of course... From the North London Derby, that is going to be the name of the game. Very similar to the game that we've run before, where I list three facts about something, someone, some fact, and one of them is a flat-out lie. Uh, Each of you is going to get three facts, and you have to correctly pick out the fake news. Three points, yes, three points for picking it out. Two points if your opponent gets it on the handoff. Jared, you're going to go first with this one. So your three facts are... Spurs have only beaten Arsenal once at the Emirates... Jack Wilshire has only scored once against Spurs in a North London derby. Arsenal have come back from being 2-0 down to win 5-2 one time. Which is the lie? Uh, the first one. Spurs have only beat, beaten uh, Arsenal once at the Emirates. Uh, that is actually tr- uh, true. True. <laughs> <So, laughs> he doesn't even know. <laughs> I had to like, uh, hang on. <laughs> Uh, well, I was supposed to say that's incorrect. So then it gives Boyce a chance <laughs> to figure out <laughs> the other one. So sorry, Jared, that's incorrect. Uh, Boyce, it's over to you then. Um, of the other two, which do you think is the lie? Oh, it's definitely the second one because the beauty of Emmanuel Adebayor getting a red card after Spurs were 2 0 up and then a goal from, I believe, Robin Van Persie followed by a beautiful header from Bakari Sonia. Ensured the beginnings of the 5-2 demolition at the Emirates. Yeah. And it was great. So yeah. it's the Jack Wilshire one. It is the Jack Wilshire one. In fact, I believe Jack Wilshire hasn't actually scored at all against Spurs. Um, so I say only once. It's obviously a big, big fat zero. And I do remember that game too because I watched it. And uh, I, I can't remember when I turned it off, but I didn't make it to the end result. Anyway. Um, you should have. 
glorious. <laughs> I re- I remember that one. Too. Oh. I knew it wasn't that one. It was Good. A, yeah. Uh, anyway, boys, this next one then is for you. So three facts. Delhi Alley has only scored once in the North London derby. Spurs came back from being three goals down to tie a fixture three to three. Since 2013, there has never been any goals over the 90th minute. Which one is the lie? No googling. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not googling. I'm thinking I have been to all of the North London derbies at the Emirates and do not remember one after the 90th minute. I'm going to go with the latter. The last one is incorrect. So, Jared, it's back to you then. So, for two points potentially, which one is the lie? First or second? Let's see. So the first was Delhi has only scored for only scored once. Mm-hmm. And re- remind me the second. Spurs came back from being three goals down to tie a fixture three to three. I believe Delhi scored more than once in the derby. I'm gonna go with the first one. That is also incorrect. No, he's only Good scored once. Grief. Yeah. So neither of you get uh, get the points there. Yeah. The answer is Spurs have never come back from uh, being three goals down to tie a fixture. In fact, I think if they have been that far down, I don't think it's ever happened where they've even got a draw um (laughs) so that of course is the flat out line anyway let's uh let's swiftly move on then to our last game which is of course player profile uh once again five clues for each uh for each player each one easier than the last uh i really hope this week that skype plays fair and allows boyce more connectivity so he can chime in supposedly at the right time and not have any two second delays which then gives jared the win anyway i guess we'll see i would like to say i the the tape does show that i did ring in first last week so uh i let the record show (laughs) i don't believe there are any issues any issues that's let's hope not but uh anyway so uh here we go then with the first uh, person who is a striker a french international has scored 73 goals since 2012. Once pulled off a scorpion kick. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud, the man who recorded a voice thing for your wedding. Yes, that will get you the two points. Congratulations on that. The other clue Uh, was... Great Chelsea striker. (laughs) Well, that was the last clue. He's now moved to Chelsea. Um, Uh Devastating. Devastating. Uh, right, the second player is an English international. He is a midfielder. Has only scored seven goals for his club. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Ooh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is incorrect, and that does freeze you out. So, Jared, the last two clues are for you. Hopefully you'll get it from this. Uh, once loaned to Bournemouth. Oh. And considered injury-prone... <laughs> Oh, God. I was hoping that the last one was the inmate of glass. That is Jack Wilshire and his weird shaved head. Jack Wilshire is absolutely correct. And, of course, we can't forget his uh, mild scuffling there at the end with Eric Lamella. What did even Eric Lamella say to him? Like, it was something, I don't know, something mean. Uh, we'd have to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> I know Fair exactly point. what he said. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep it clean. Um, right, then, let's really move on to... Uh, to number three, and this person is an Argentinian. A striker with 143 goals for his current club. Jared. Boy. Jared, I think, was first. So, Jared, what is it? Sergio Aguero. Sergio Aguero. Maybe I made that one too easy, but yes, that is absolutely correct. The other clues were once scored a title-defining goal, 
plays for Manchester City and scored four goals over the weekend, as we talked about. Uh, right, that player... title that title goal was that three four years ago. That was pretty cool. That was that was something special. I mean, talk about movie style ending. That was really. Um... Something, something to say but anyway yes last two players uh, this next one is a defender has been with his club since 2010 plays for Man United oh I've only got four clues here well you probably get it from this one first name is Chris Boyce yes Boyce Chris Smalling Chris Smalling absolutely correct yes I accidentally had the same clue twice later on that was my bad uh, but you got it in four, so we'll take that. Uh, that will get you the points. You got two player ratings today on ESPN, by the way. That's excellent. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it. Yeah, he's not getting any better, is he? Uh, right, so the last one then. <laughs> Here we go. This last player plays for Everton. Only 19 years of age. Scored over the weekend against Palace. An English player. Jared. Yes, Jared. Oh, fuck. What is his name? <laughs> oh, it Uh-oh. has escaped me. He's two second rule. Blonde, blonde headed. Uh, and time is up, Jared. Sorry, I'm going to have to freeze you out on an early buzzer. Um, Boyce, what is it? I can't remember that kid's name either, to be honest. <laughs> it's like Robinson Smalling or something hyphenated. <laughs> uh, sadly, no. Uh, the answer is Tom Davies. Tom Davies. Oh, oh. Yeah, I knew you had it. It was right there in the mind. Yeah. <laughs> it escaped me as soon as I buzzed a good grief. Oh, funny. Uh, but that is the game, folks. And congratulations to Boyce. He has a victory to celebrate because he has come away with 11 points. Jared is left with eight, which once again ties the series at seven to seven. Boyce, how do you feel? Better than I did on Saturday. I'll take that. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. Um, I still feel fine. (laughs) I'm like, I'm great. No bigs. Uh, Before we wrap up, we're going to throw in an additional segment, which we'll subtly name Question for the Pundits. So this is where you, the listeners, get to throw your questions at us, and it can be anything football-related or otherwise. So let's just get the ball rolling. I came up with two questions this week. Uh, First one for Boyce. If you could choose any player in the Premier League to add to Arsenal's defense, who would it be? Can the answer be Sergio Aguero? Um, (laughs) If you're giving me the entirety of the defense, the answer is David De Gea. Arsenal have, despite Peter Cech's performance over the weekend, which was resplendent in the face of absolute devastation, the reality is I I think Arsenal have been lacking a phenomenal goalkeeper for the last five to six years. And the reality is, as Juventus has demonstrated, Wojciech Szczesny might have actually filled that void, but Arsene Wenger decided to send him on his way. So mm. another phenomenal managerial decision in the recent Arsene Wenger history. But I think that uh, given even the porousness of this Arsenal defense, if you added David De Gea in the middle of it as a goalkeeper, I, I think that they would be 10 to 11 goals less mm, in the league this year, somewhat which is... Phenomenally better than where we are right now. Oh, I'll take that. Uh, Jared, will Pochettino be tempted away in the summer? Uh, tempted, yes. Will he leave? No. I think um, he has uh, built built his squad, and I think he enjoys uh, uh, the full full faith and trust of, of, of Daniel Levy and the board. I mean, we're looking at uh, just... A, a great, I I hesitate to say, you know, turn around, uh, you know, this is where Boyce throws in like a trophy joke, but the reality is you had, you know, a, a Spurs squad, you know, 
consistently just shooting for top four and sometimes making it, sometimes not. Uh, sometimes getting screwed by Chelsea winning Champions League uh, in, in the most Spursy way possible. But mm-hmm. now you have you know two consecutive years where you made a legitimate run at the title, um, and the new stadium on the way. You got the best striker in the world. I think he stays, mm-hmm. and I think the striker stays also. Mm-hmm. Run at the title. Uh-oh. I mean, <laughs> what have I done? Oh, sorry. You have some technical difficulties. It, it appears that Boise's microphone is still not working. That's ridiculous. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, in Poch we trust. Oh, no. I'm not counting this year. I'm talking about... Okay. No. Oh, God. No one is making a run at the title. Are you kidding me? No. I was talking about there for a second. I was like, no one's making a run at the title this year. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like a thousand second last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Anyway, good answers. So, listeners, give us your questions right at the end. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll throw them uh, at the guys. So, send them by Facebook page, Twitter account, at KickCornerFlag. Or, of course, you can message via our website, uh, KickFlag.com. Guys, any final thoughts? Until next week, sir. Until next week, boys. God bless the Europa League. Yes, indeed. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and have a great week.